Welcome to the M2 Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Hensey. My co-host right here is Kyle Heath. This is the show where we're going to be covering esports and personalities, new and upcoming games, and technology innovation. Also mixed with a little bit of uh, gaming industry-related news. And as you guys can see, if you're watching the video, we're repping some uh, Carolina NFL merch. That's because it's NFL weekend. And yes, we watch more than just esports on this show. <laughs> but we're not going to cover it. We're going to stick to gaming. So, Kyle, what have you been up to this week, man? Uh, not too much, man. Um, I mean, you already know what I've been up to. I'll be honest. You know, I, I don't really got to say anything to you, but you know, got to inform the audience. Yeah, um, of course. Little game called Starfield came out. You know, been I've been copiumed up for the past month. Um, it especially. looks good though. Um, see, yeah, I my mean, copiums up now too. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Going like I, I, I can probably talk about it a little bit later. Um, but just like it, like initially going into it. I mean, and understandably, I was very much cautiously optimistic. I know I prefaced that probably multiple times too throughout the months as we've kind of led up to it, because you know we just don't know what Bethesda, right? Like, especially since Fallout seventy six, it's like they got to regain that trust, you know. So I was like, like as we got closer, I was getting more and more optimistic because I was kind of seeing like, okay, like I, you know, like I like what I'm hearing, but it's like one of those things until we hear those reviews, we don't really know. So. I had a vacation from work. It just so happened to land on the pre-order early access time period. And like, as much as like, I want to say I planned for that. I honestly like didn't, I was just thinking like, Oh, this would be a good weekend. Cause like, you know, I'll just get a chill out, kind of go into labor day and kind of, you know, get some extra time. But I was like, Oh, that worked out. So <laughs> like leading into my vacation, kind of going to that. Um, I started like seeing the reviews and started hearing the kind of rumblings. And um, for the most part, it was kind of like, you know, this is like this game's pretty good. It's not super buggy, which is kind of uncommon for Bethesda releases. Like they it's definitely like more polished than usual. And I was like hearing good stuff. So like so then at, at that moment I was like, all right, that's it. And I pre-ordered it, played it the night it came out, um, on Game Pass, you know, best uh best dealing games. Um and it really is. I mean, dude, yeah, I, I just have to say after gosh, like thirty two plus hours, I think. About like thirty three, thirty four maybe, something like that. Dude, I, it's, it's honestly, it's the happiest I've been playing an RPG in a very long time. Like I have to say, it's, it's very, uh, and now I also have to say it is a Bethesda RPG for better and for worse. (laughs) So just for anyone looking for an RPG, if you're looking to play it, just go into it with that in mind. It is on game pass though. So you have game pass. It's an easy download, right? Um, yes, sir. But it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I, it's, you know, I was very also going into it too. Like I had so much nostalgia for Fallout and I love the Fallout universe so much. So the idea of new IP, I know initially when they announced it like five years ago now or something like that, like when they initially announced it, I was like, I don't know about new IP because like I, you know, we, we have these established universes and they're so good already. Um, I mean, then Fallout 76 came out and my love for Fallout kind of dwindled a little bit with that, unfortunately, yeah. but, um, but I mean, regardless, I mean, I remember the Fallout 4 launch. It was pretty, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was certainly, you know, there was the bugs and everything, of course. But, like, like initially, at least on console for me, it wasn't that bad. I played the Xbox One. But, I don't know, going into this release, like, um, I, I'd like Bethesda did what they needed to and some with this game. And I think it's going to gain, regain a lot of trust with people. And I think, like, now I have more confidence going into, like, the Elder Scrolls Six release. And whatever they decide to release next, um, I, think, uh, I think they took their time with this. And it's just a very solid Bethesda RPG. And I don't, Mike, 
do I say it's the best Bethesda game I've ever played? I don't know if I give it that title, but oh. it's uh, it's <laughs> dude. I mean, it's um for a new IP. I'm very like after playing this, I'm very glad they went with a new IP and they didn't just go right back into like a Fallout or something like that because it is its own entity. The story, I mean, it's it's not like I don't think it's gonna rock your socks off, but it is very much dealing with like space and the idea of multiple different galaxies and universes and dimension like it's very kind of like it's a lot to take in <laughs> in its own so it's kind of just like kind of have to like go into it with that mindset but it's also kind of a good interesting theory as to like okay what like what would happen if we all of a sudden figured out how to travel f- faster than the speed of light and like how humans would kind of like discover sure. other galaxies and how we would like kind of deal with that so it kind of goes into that there's obviously like social commentary into like what could be but it's also very interesting. You, you visit a lot of like familiar sites and stuff like that. Like, you know, um, even in you know, the world one, I won't give too much away, but it's uh, it's very much like, I, I think it's good. If you're, if you want a Bethesda RPG, if you've been wanting a good Bethesda RPG, this is definitely the one to check out. And that's, that's all I'll say. It's, I, you know, there's a lot of good games that came out this year, Mike. And I'm not, and I, I'm by no means going to say this is the best RPG of the year. Because, I mean, I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3. I don't know if I will, but I've heard nothing but praise for Baldur's Gate 3. And honestly, like, if you want to debate it, you could probably say it's more tailored like an RPG, right? Compared to something like Starfield. Um, it's yeah. kind of a more traditional, I think, aspect of, like, the Dungeons & Dragons kind of RPG. Um, so there's some debate to be had there. But, I mean, I don't know, man. This is this is a solid, like... And I just have to say, dude, the gunplay is the best of any Bethesda game they've ever released. Like, it is so good, really, and dude. there's no vats or anything like that. There's no crutch. It is straight up, like, it, like at times it plays, I think most of the time it plays like COD. Like, honestly. Like, when in terms of gunplay, like, it's solid. Like, guns feel really good. Um, just shooting in general feels great. Um, and yeah, dude, they, it's it just, it's the little things like that that kind of make this game so good for me. It's like, they got these little things right. Um, there's still a little bit of that bit of that Bethesda DNA sprinkled in like the grenades and explosions and stuff like that. It's still kind of clunky and like doesn't really it's like I kind of wish they made the grenade stuff better because it's you can tell it's definitely kind of the older systems. And even the explosions have this really bad screen shake, this really disgusting looking screen shake that old Bethesda games had like they didn't kind of they yeah, didn't improve that. <laughs> so it's like very just kind of like eh. um that's that's one aspect of the, like, the gunplay and everything that I'm just like I'm still not a fan of because it's just they didn't like do anything with that. But they at least made the shooting and everything like a solid FPS, which is good. Um, so, yeah, man, there's there's a lot of good, a lot of kind of questionable, um, but I think in, at least in my eyes, mostly good. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm very satisfied with my I, I'm very satisfied with the purchase. So <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's good. That's all I can be happy that's with. That's like that's really good to hear from if if you're like an Xbox supporter or fan of just that entire yeah. IP. Xbox has needed a new IP That's, for a yeah. while, man. Like a yeah. long time, I think. Yeah. So to hear that they got Starfield that actually, that they hyped up beyond all belief is yeah. actually an absolute hit. That's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. For, for me, it lived up to it. And I think, uh, I think for a lot of other people it did as well. I mean, I think Metacritic last time I checked was like 88 on PC, 80 something on Xbox. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it, it's also in high heard- 80s. I heard it was getting absolutely review bombed though by yeah. uh, people that were upset over the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, like the character creation stuff. Let's not get into it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we just, don't have to. I mean, look, let's not. Get yeah, into yeah. It. I mean, the character creation stuff, the, the UI. You could go on and on about how the UI could be trash, but I mean, there's a lot of things that could probably 
that could have been done better, obviously, within a game, especially any RPG, right? It's hard to get everything right. Um, True, yeah. But, I mean, I from Bethesda standards, this is the best, like, at-launch RPG they've released, probably. (laughs) That's good, and I... You know what? Even Bethesda standards, right? One of the things that they have a standard for is updating games and making them better after launch. It's true, yeah. Um, Now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because they try, like, they've been launching broken, but. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, look. I mean, the, 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 the biggest thing, another thing that gets me super excited about this game is the modding potential because it's always astronomical I've, with Bethesda games. I've actually seen uh, a couple of modding stuff already yeah. that just seems wild yeah. and really yeah. cool. I mean, dude, this is a, it's a massive game and the opportunities for the modding community is going to be unlike anything I think ever. So that's got me really excited um, to see kind of what they do with that. Um, and also, it, I don't know, the, the whole thing, it got me, it has me wondering if they would do a Starfield 2. I feel like it'd be weird, but I don't know. They could make it work. I won't give too much away, <laughs> but it would be, it'd be interesting to see if, uh, if Bethesda actually tries to take this franchise further um, or if they're just going to stick with a single release. But I think if they just stuck with this, like, I honestly, for Bethesda's sake, I kind of, it's like, you know, just have a fire release and just kind of live in this moment and then just focus on your other stuff and <laughs> maybe come back to it at some point. But, um, but yeah. I don't know, solid release, solid game. And yeah, I, I like in terms of rating, I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm going to be biased, right? My rating, because I just thought, oh, you yeah. know, I love the old Bethesda game. So it's kind of hard for me to be like, oh, this is a, it's hard for me to say like, this is a 10 out of 10. But like, um, I don't know, but it's just, it's a very solid game that I will be putting. I, I've already beat the main story, obviously, but I'm going to be putting many more hours after that. The side content and kind of just exploring worlds and whatnot. So um, it's got a lot of replayability for me. So yeah it's hard for me to like come back to a game i feel like especially after i've like completed it so just it's it's that good of a game like i'm I'm excited for you man really am because you have been hyping this up since you saw the trailer and the trailer was literally just the logo but that's the <laughs> studios <laughs> like, the logo's here oh my god <laughs> so yeah. excited yeah. so i'm i'm really glad you it, it like I just love seeing when people are so hyped up for a game, and then when it finally comes out, and it's actually like fulfilling the hype. Yeah, it just it, dude, really it gets cool. me excited because it's Bethesda, and like we just yeah. weren't sure. And the fact that it's actually like good, I think, is like it's just it, I, I don't know. It's got me happy, <laughs> especially for Bethesda yeah. and for Xbox because they needed a release like this. And I think I a lot of people too. will probably come to Game Pass and try out this game, and hopefully yeah, some people it's on will stick PC around. as well. Yeah. That's the cool thing. Yeah, so you, and it Ultimate Game Pass. Dull. Look. In my experience, it ran very well on PC. My only complaint is that I will hard crash from time to time, where it just straight up just kills, <laughs> which, I mean, that sucks. But um, yeah. but overall, when I'm actually in-game playing, like, it's very smooth. I don't get terrible frame dips, like, hardly any frame dips. Like, everything is just, like, even on planets, it's smooth, and buildings, it's smooth. Like, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's definitely an optimized game. And the only thing they need to, like, fix is crashing, I think. But that's about it. And even then, it's kind of not... I still get very long sessions where I don't have a crash at all. So it's a very kind of hit or miss thing. But, but I mean, if that's the only thing that's wrong, especially in Bethesda in a Bethesda game, then uh, I'll take it. That's nothing. nothing. (laughs) Like that, that'll be fixed in like two months, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they come back and kind of polish it even more because it's, um, it's certainly pretty good in this state, but I I can only imagine what it's going to be like after a few months of kind of tender, uh, care, you know, that's cool, man. I'm excited for you. But yeah. Um anyways, outside of Starfield, uh I don't think I've really played much else. That was kind of <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect plus, you to. <laughs> Thirty plus hours. Yeah, that's that's about it. Um I mean I don't know. That's a lot that, of time. I watch some football, you know. 
we we do sports around here, so <laughs> every now and again. That's so. facts, yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched uh watched Premier League mostly, right? Yeah, I watched college. the Premier. Yeah, I watched the Premier League, college football, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Really, really, the college football is kind of like the. It's just kind of like the to get me to the NFL. <laughs> it's kind of oh, just yeah. like you know. I mean, I'll be watching both, you know, but still, it's kind of just like it's it's kind of a little bit of a copium before the NFL comes back. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same boat, dude. Like, I'm kind of jealous, man, because I haven't been playing any games this week. Um, I've been just like full throttle, and you know this. Yeah. So I was like telling Kyle behind the scenes about how I've been basically full throttle for the last month and a half. It feels like. Yeah. just constantly busy and then got done traveling finally so i'm like i looked at the calendar dude i looked at the calendar i'm like oh my god i don't have to do anything for almost a, like a month and like the only thing that i have to do is the breakaway music festival in charlotte and that's like that's it that's my hometown so i don't need to go anywhere <laughs> yeah. i'm just chilling <laughs> so nice. it's like yeah i'm just like okay i gotta reset everything and uh get my mental right get get like get get the sleep schedule back get like in lined with myself you know personally so i'm just i'm doing good again but i will say one of the games that i've been playing a little bit was rocket league that like Um, i don't know know. why man that's like my go-to game whenever i just want to turn off my brain which is so dumb because i immediately go into ranked (laughs) so it's like (laughs) does that make sense the one mode where you have to use your brain (laughs) yeah just like it's just kind of my I've been playing the game since it came out, right? So right. like I don't care about getting better, but I also want to play competitively. So I just load up, go into ranked, and then I try win some games, lose some games. MMRs like that. So Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I respect it. I haven't played Rocket yes, League in a fat minute myself, so <laughs> oh, that's that's always my like grab the PlayStation controller, plug it in, immediately open it up. Like yeah. the easiest game ever. It's it's almost like I go to Rocket League now more than I do with Halo. That makes sense. <laughs> As I say, but so. if you want to get upset, you just throw in your controller and play cartographer, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll go on cartographer, <laughs> get real mad, feel like I'm gonna throw my controller, win a couple of games, and still be upset. Like there's nothing yeah. that comes from it. <laughs> oh, but dude, man. we've been uh, we've been ranting for like close to 15 minutes now. We gotta get into some articles, man. We gotta gotta give the people some news, right? That's all reason you're yeah. here. So, yeah, let's fill yeah. them in of what's been going on this last week. Uh, let's do that. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. Up front, most of it was uh, there's a lot of Starfield articles this week. It's a big release, a so ton. I understand. Um, but yeah, we tried to pick Crazy. some out that weren't <laughs> related. So I uh, found some good ones though. I think uh, we're starting off with The Verge. You already know Monica Chin read The Verge, um, and uh, we're gonna be talking about the Legion Go. This is a uh, could you guess another handheld mic? <laughs> another gaming handheld. I'm very close to just changing the whole podcast name into the handheld reviewer. <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's crazy, man. We've been—we've been like a handheld renaissance this past year, and so now we're just—it's like every month or something, right? Um, we covered one like last week too. Yeah, it was you know the, it's the Kickstarter one, crazy, yeah, one. yeah. Um, anyways, with uh with the Legion Go gaming handheld, Lenovo takes aim at the uh, ROG Ally. The 699 gaming handheld has a touchscreen, a touchpad, and detachable controllers. And the little switch here, Mike, is that what we're looking at? <laughs> it's kind of sick. Hey, it looks it looks pretty cool. They have a kind of picture at the uh, as the main kind of hero graphic picture um, at, the, at the front of the page. But every company and its mother seems to be putting out handheld gaming PCs these <laughs> days. And Lenovo is next to the plate. Uh, the company has announced the Legion Go, 
um, its first Windows-powered gaming handheld, which will be available for purchase in October. It's got an 8.8-inch QHD Plus screen, um, an AMD Ryzen Z1 Extreme processor, and a 49.2-watt-hour battery, uh, which is bigger than those of the ROG Ally and the Steam Deck. Um, oh, and his controllers pop off, which is pretty neat. It's a Switch. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, it sounds like a, a beefy Switch. <laughs> sounds like it. Um, while Valve's uh, Steam Deck tends to be the first product that comes to mind when this category is discussed, the Legion Go seems more like a cross between a Switch and an Asus ROG Ally. Uh, for one, with models starting at $699, the Ally is clearly what Lenovo is trying to match on price. But it also, like the Ally, is running old-school Windows and has more controls, a touchpad uh, primarily, that are tailored towards an operating operating that system. Uh, there's a little kind of... Uh, there's some pictures as well that were taken kind of showing off uh, some of the uh, kind of how it looks from different views, kind of the side view of how the controller ports kind of look, um, as well as, you know, just some of the controllers stuff itself and the touch screen, the little uh, trackpad that they have on it, um, which I feel like cause Steam, the Steam Deck has something similar, right? I think it's like the little kind of interesting. Yeah, I think so. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they have kind of like a touch screen or touchpad kind of thing. Yeah, um, they have this like little... It's kind of like an old-school mouse pad that you would have on yeah. a laptop. Right, yeah. Uh, with controllers attached, the Legion Go is about half a pound heavier than the ROG Ally and a bit heavier than the Steam Deck. Uh, it is noticeably different when you pick the device up. It feels heavier. Um, that didn't particularly impact my gaming experience. And, of course, you know, um, Monica Chin was the one uh, writing this. Uh, didn't impact their gaming experience since uh, they largely were using the device with kickstand propping it up. Uh, nevertheless... Monica knows this is something some potential customers will be unhappy about, uh, particularly those who are buying a handheld for frequent travel. Uh, the case definitely feels bulkier than the other one um, Monica was carrying uh, her Switch around in, so it's noticeably heavier in that regard. Um, the presumable upside of this extra bulk is battery life. Asus was very focused on keeping the Ally's size and weight down, and it has a smaller battery than the Go does as a result. Um... They can imagine that plenty of people might uh, find sacrificing some portability for extra longevity to be a very reasonable trade, uh, especially given how unhappy many reviewers have been with the Allies' uh, battery life. Unfortunately, the Novo's representatives wouldn't give us a battery life estimate at the demo event, claiming they hadn't had enough time to test for it, but assured um, The Verge that they would have one prior to the October launch. Um, <laughs> so, you know, kind of the standard kind of PR response, probably. Um, in terms of other specs, the screen has a uh, 2560 by 1600 resolution and a 144 hertz refresh rate. Uh, inside, you get 16 gigabytes of LP DDR5X RAM. I, I love how like long that is. <laughs> like, LP it's the DDR5. most engineer crap ever, dude. <laughs> uh, and you also go on to up to one terabyte of storage. Uh, ports include a 3.5 millimeter audio combo jack, a USB Type C, a USB 4.0 Display Port 1.4, Power Delivery 3.0, and a micro SD reader, as well as an additional USB Type C. Um, same specs as before on the bottom. That's a lot of little uh, some I/O here, Mike. There's some <laughs> serious stuff right there. That's awesome. That's a nice little I/O here. Um, the Verge, for one, <laughs> was able to try a few games uh, that were loaded on. Power Watch Simulator, Quake 2, Evil West, and a short hike were among the selection of titles. Uh, they're running a 15 watt. They're running at 15 watts by default. Um, 
which uh, Verge was told was probably how the device will ship. Uh, Lenovo stressed in the demo that the Legion will be playing with... Um, the Legion, the Legion they were playing with was not in its final form, that a bunch of things, particularly Lenovo's launcher, uh, which didn't really work during the demo <laughs> um, and its in-game display um, and its in-game overlay, uh, which is not operational yet, would be buttoned up before release, um, which is, you know, very, uh, if they're just saying October, that's like a month away. <laughs> so um, need some quick turnaround times there. Um it seems, however, it seems like the controls were all responsive throughout the various titles that were uh, demoed, and gameplay itself was smooth without hangups or excessive fan noise. Um, the Verge did run into one big snag, however. Many of the games they tried didn't seem to know that they were running on a handheld at multiple points in the multiple games. Um, the Verge was told, uh, press escape, uh, which is a key in the <laughs> Legion Go. The Legion Go does not have a Lenovo representative after some tinkering determined that um, they needed to press the uh, B button in order to actually escape that. Oh. Um, one game came, kept telling them to press uh, B0. Um, I assume this is some kind of joystick key. Um, however, they eventually figured out it was A on the Legion Go. Um, this happened both when the controllers were attached and when they were in joystick mode. So it seems like there's some mapping discrepancies in some of those games. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's a demo. Yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't expect it to really be optimized just yet, you know? Yeah, it's true. Uh, and I know it's, like, coming up soon, so... Mm -hmm. It's one of those things, like, hopefully, I mean, with, like, a month of QA, they can kind of get that figured out. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because um, our article goes off for a little bit, um, but it kind of shows off some more photos, um, kind of showing off the controls as they're attached, how they look separated in joystick mode. You kind of see that. Um, yeah, I, I get very reminiscent to a Switch. Which, oh, I think... Um, ultimately, though, it's... I think what makes this switch interesting and kind of kind of what sets it apart is each controller can kind of operate on its own, right? Because it's like symmetrical. Yeah. So like you can use either one kind of like that. Uh, I definitely don't see that on this. And again, obviously, it's like, you know, they're um, it's trying to operate as a PC first and foremost, really. Um, so obviously, it's not like a huge concern or priority. But but that is like something I noticed kind of right off the bat that the controllers aren't symmetrical. So you can't really like play like party games but then again you can't really play nintendo games on pc so <laughs> I guess it's that's not what i was gonna yeah. say <laughs> like, issue, right? nintendo kind of has that market for yeah. like the console handheld hybrid where you can basically just oh you want to play uh, here here's a toggle for like the joystick or the joy con and then <laughs> that adds a control that adds a player and like it, you, that, those are the only buttons that you really need which is what makes the nintendo switch just brilliant yeah you're, yeah, you're not gonna true. get that with these types of handhelds that are like for PC games. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, a big thing of note too in the article is that there's no desktop mode for the controls, uh, kind of like the Ally has. Um, and it's it, it seems like the Verge was kind of saying, you know, from what, uh, from kind of what they gather and what's, what they're expecting is that if you were to navigate Windows, like the Windows interface on this device, kind of expected to use either the touchpad on it or the touchscreen itself. Um, and uh, it seems like they uh, didn't have a problem doing that during the demo, um, but um, it did feel like a bit of a waste to be navigating on a kind of a tiny little trackpad <laughs> when there was like a perfectly functional uh, joystick available. So that's very interesting, and I don't know. Hopefully, uh, they'll kind of have they'll kind of have the joysticks operational with the operating system. So if you wanted to <laughs> do other things, you certainly could. Um, I would almost feel like kind of a the left joystick would be your left click, right? Just kind of click it in, and your right 
you know, that, intuitively, it yeah. is to mind. Mine, that's kind of that probably be ideal, but um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I mean, I I don't know. The article certainly goes on about uh about the device a little bit more in depth, but I mean, I think ultimately, Mike. I mean, what, what do you think about this? Another handheld detachable joysticks. I guess is what they're kind of calling it. Um, I don't know, do you, do you think it has a place in the handheld PC market? Uh, I think it's late to the game, but I think it should have a place. Uh, so who's really the competition, right? I, I'm, I wouldn't include Nintendo Switch because I think they're going to always have that lion's share of the handheld market. But outside of that, you got the Steam Deck, right? You have the, the ROG Ally, which is made by Logitech. Is that correct? I think it's Jesus. Jesus has the ROG Jesus. brand. But Logitech also has one. Yeah, G Cloud. That's it, the G Cloud. And now we have Lenovo. I think out of all those brands, I think Steam Deck should be number one because that's made by Valve with yeah. Steam. And they have that entire library. So that like convenience of having your own library on your device is awesome. But you can still get that really with just downloading Steam onto any of these devices. So kind of null and void, but having the name helps. Which yeah. is what I'm leading into is like Lenovo as a brand and manufacturer of laptops is pretty top tier for businesses, like very trustworthy yeah. and dependable. So I think this could be going down that route as well. Yeah. I mean, you just think think about the ThinkPad, Mike. You know, those Lenovo ThinkPads. A lot of companies are like they'll just buy those Every. in bulk, and it's like <laughs> you just have those yeah. laptops. Like, yeah, it's a huge market. Yeah, and I also think these like. The one thing to mention that might be the standalone thing is the uh, the I.O. ports you were talking about. Yeah. You got 3.5 millimeter audio combo jack. Pretty sick. I mean, oh, yeah. those are really yeah. underrated now. Um, USB Type-C, that, that should be a guarantee. But then the USB 4.0 and DisplayPoint 1.4 is pretty wild Yeah. To have, to have both of those. And then a Microsoft, or not Microsoft, the micro SD reader. That's also underrated, man. Expandable storage stuff, like kind of stuff. It's pretty I mean, cool. Yeah. It's uh, I mean that that's what's cool about this. I think having the ability to kind of use that Display Port. I mean, I, the idea is kind of like docking, right? Like you're docking your yeah. Switch kind of exactly thing. similar yeah, kind of thing. Lenovo is goaded with docking. Oh yeah, absolutely goaded. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think ultimately, like the the peak of this is going to be like, can you fit a gaming PC in this little device, and then can I use this like on? Can I hook it up to a monitor, right? And then I'm like gaming on a regular PC. Oh yeah, that's like the ultimate. I think that's where kind of the pinnacle of this is gonna be. Like the apex is when you can like do when it's so seamless, you can just like use it as a desktop almost, right? Or like a gaming laptop. Um, yeah, and it's just in this tiny form factor, and you can take it with you, and you don't have to. I mean, because that's the biggest thing about like if you're working yeah. for a company, right? Like obviously they're gonna give you a laptop primarily because like, oh, you can take it home or you can bring it in, like that kind of thing. Yeah. You'll work from wherever, right? That's kinda of, that's I mean, again, different kind of area, but the same kind of thing goes here. You could game wherever, I think's the idea. And that's the ultimate goal, I think, with these. Uh, yeah. I mean I could definitely imagine a world where we have something like this dot like this uh this system similar to how like the Nintendo Switch is where you just drop it in to this slot, it docks itself. But their dock is like wired controllers and a, a HDMI and power port to charge and stuff. But like the HDMI goes to your TV. It's only yeah. a matter of time until we have a docking system strictly for gaming. Yeah. And that's when it's going to be goaded. Have like your mouse and keyboard always plugged in on your desktop. No giant tower 
Yeah. And you just come in, drop your like $700 little like thing, whatever. Yeah. What if you have expandable storage, like USB plugged into it, mm. like an SSD plugged yeah. into uh, yeah. 3.0 or 4.0 USB port yeah. in the dock and automatically syncs? That'd be sick. Yeah. It's uh, I, I we always talk about like kind of the new like CPUs and GPUs and whatnot. Um, it, it'd be it'd yeah. be sick to eventually get to a point where it's like it's like the tech got so small and like thermodynamics and everything got figured out to a point where you could have a device like this that is better than your desktop computer. <laughs> you know, like that's I I feel like that's that'd be like the idea, like the ideal for like a handheld like this. Um, and this and you know being off it's probably optimistic but i feel like this could be kind of the start of that like this is the early kind of prototypes of what will eventually become something like that where it's just kind of the all-in-one ticket wherever it's your pc kind of thing right you can hook it up to monitors turn it into a desktop i think uh that that's where i'd love to see yeah. this you know one day i think we're definitely headed that direction that just seems to be the natural progression of where we're headed i mean just the last what year and a half to two years we keep seeing more and more games uh being able to play on these small little devices yeah. handheld like the, the games are becoming more optimized for that oh yeah so it's only yeah. a matter of time i think yeah that's the thing man i i i kind of love how it's being a, like the smaller the the smaller form factor is being adopted more like the handheld markets back you know kind of thing yeah it's like it seemed like it almost died off for a while because it was kind of proprietary hardware and proprietary games for that device but now it's just like we're at a point where we could just like stick a PC in one of these, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden we have 100, you know, yeah, have this form factor. So it's uh, yeah, but this it, is still in sick. beta. We have we have plenty more time until this comes out, and I can't wait to see the side by side comparison off of like all three or four different iterations of these style handhelds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's the thing is like I'm really I'm curious to see kind of whatever the dust settles on this like kind of handheld revolution. Who's going to kind of maintain? Who's going to be on top, kind of thing? So, and um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Lenovo joining it. I mean, yeah, Lenovo's a big brand, think, so yeah, they're no joke. So yeah. it's pretty so, cool to see. Yeah, I think it'll be good. We'll see. We'll certainly see. You know what? Also, we're going to see Mike. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about esports. Esports. You know, when was the last time we really talked about esports? It's been a while. I think it's been a while. This is a good like yeah. first esports article in a minute. Yeah, unfortunately, it's Battle League that I don't really cover that much. Yeah, so same, <laughs> but we're gonna learn stuff about this one because it kind of directly affects us. Um, yeah. Definitely me for sure. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. look at us. We're both wearing Carolina gear, so this works. Yeah. So we're talking about the London Royal Ravens, which is a professional Call of Duty League team uh, that is relocating to Charlotte, North Carolina, from London, UK. So this article is coming from Jacob Haley. I believe Haley, Hale, I think it's Haley, whatever, Jacob Hale at uh, Dexerto. And essentially what it's about is how the London Royal Ravens announced a relocation ahead of CDL 2023 and 2024 season. So the London Royal Ravens, the only remaining European franchise in Call of Duty League, has officially announced it's moving to North America with a relocation to North Carolina to become the Carolina Royal Ravens. In recent years, the Royal Ravens have failed to make much of an impact in the CDL. Lackluster performances have seen them miss out on champs, sorry, miss out on champs and struggle to see results at land majors. And the fan base's calls for a London event have fallen on deaf ears. Earlier in the offseason, it was reported that the franchise was eyeing up a move to Charlotte, North Carolina. 
where parent company Rect Global was originally based, though the team was later acquired by Infinity Rea uh, Infinite Reality and based in California, as well as a takeover from Spanish-based organization KOI, founded by top Twitch streamer Ivan Lanos. I yeah. I buy mm. I buy that's a tough one. Lanos. That's one of the Let toughest me... ones we've had. <laughs> that is that's up there, dude. Uh. What is his better known as iBuy? Jeez. He's a Spanish internet celebrity and personality, and he has associated with the Greg F. Uh, okay. okay. The Gref G. Whatever. Remember <laughs> when that guy popped off? He had something crazy like 10 million uh, live people watching him on Twitch. Like a Fortnite skin? Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. one. Like, no, so, I don't know a lick of Spanish, really, <laughs> but that was one of the coolest live streams I've ever seen. So I know. So to see he's really like he's a top streamer in that realm of uh, Spanish speaking yeah. uh, streamers is pretty cool. So while the process was a slow one, and there wasn't much further development on the matter throughout the off season, the move was officially made official on September fifth this week. That was yesterday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, as the franchise teased a major announcement throughout the day before finally making it. Bro, before we get into the official announcement on their Twitter, how do you feel about a CDL team coming to Charlotte? I mean, look, you know, I think it's so funny because I feel like we talked about this, like, not too long ago. I was just like, I feel like Charlotte's a prime city for it. And because I think, you know, we are already in such a, it's already such a big market in other aspects of entertainment, right? And so, oh, yeah. and so you know, I, I think just to have a COD team here, it makes sense. I'm surprised it wasn't, it took this long to kind of get one over to Charlotte. I mean, and the Queen City finally get one. I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the uh, the city in general. And I think uh, it's gonna be. And I, you know, Carolina is the closest thing I have to like anything <laughs> like remotely <laughs> relevant. I feel like so, um, at least in the sports world. So, um, yeah. So for esports to join that, I think it only makes sense. I don't know. I'm excited. I think it's cool to kind of have a hometown team now. So, <laughs> yeah, awesome. it, it's pretty sick, man. Uh, I I'm on the same like front as you. I I got to be honest. We talked multiple times, so I have to like. I have to reiterate my position on franchise leagues. I yeah. think, like, take it with a grain of salt, but I, I really don't support and like franchise leagues. Right. I think it diminishes competition, and it's, I don't, I think it's just the league to make a lot of money off of people. And I also think that making a location-based esports team is kind of stupid. I just the majority of your team players are like from another country or different state, not the area. It's an online team. It yeah. should reflect that, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it works as well in esports. I agree with that aspect. Yeah. Um, it just it's doesn't. Really I mean, odd. if if you want to like tie to a city, fine. But like, I I it's, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of weird. Like, but I wouldn't expect like gamers to move to that city <laughs> and like compete there. Yeah. You know, that's just me. Yeah, uh, I'll keep going a little bit further, and then I want to. Oh, there's not much to this article, believe it or not. But when we get to the end, I want to give a couple of takes about what I know about Charlotte and esports for people. Like, it'd be kind of unique, I think. Yeah, Just because okay. I know the area, I know the scene. So, anyways, let's get into it. So, Carolina Royal Ravens made it official. So, on September 5th, the Royal Ravens posted to confirm that the relocation was going ahead, despite backlash faced from fans across the UK in the aftermath of the initial reports. Yeah, the UK fans are upset. I joined the Discord, they ain't happy. They're all mm. mad, but they're still staying fans, most of them. <laughs> so oh, let's man. uh let's read the tweet that they made. And their video is pretty sick too. 
it's a raven flying from London to Charlotte. And to see my city, my city skyline that I like, I work in, in up, we call it uptown because it's on hill, but downtown, the central business district, super mm. sick to see. Um, so their official announcement on Twitter goes, Cod is coming to the Carolinas with a crown. We're thrilled to announce we're taking our royal wings to the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. The next chapter of the Royal Ravens will be fueled by the energy, culture, and resilience of the Carolinas. We want to thank all of our London fans from hosting the very first CDL major for you in 2020 to, the, uh, to this very moment. Your passion for our team and the games we played are unrivaled. We will always be grateful for the four years we spent flying the flag for the UK and the support you gave us. From the United Kingdom to the Queen City, we're all Royal Ravens. Kind of sick, dude. Kind of a sick uh, announcement. Um, yeah. I know that the UK fan base is pretty upset, though. They, they definitely feel neglected and ignored. Um, they haven't had any CDL major in a very long time. And it's not just CDL, man. Like, HCS pulled out of all of Europe, basically pulled out of Australia, and they're not interested in really having events over there either. I think Overwatch is also struggling. Um, A lot of leagues and esports are just not going to Europe anymore. I think it mostly has to do with how the funding is coming from the States, man. So they're doing the events in the States, and it's easier for them to fly the teams over than to move everything over there. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money, right? Um, it is. I mean, we talk about I mean, we talk about traditional sports trying to expand to Europe and stuff like that, and it's like there's more money there, obviously, so it's maybe more doable. But even then, it's like from a logistics standpoint, it's just a time difference, and like you have to adjust and Great. like five just hours people over there. It's like yeah, it's um, it's yeah. definitely <laughs> it's a hard logistic battle to try and work out. That's not even point. thinking about finances, right? Um, yeah, it's like yeah. on the East Coast, you got a five-hour time difference to London. But then on the West Coast, USA, by the way, on the West Coast, you got an eight-hour time difference. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. And if they're in Hawaii, that's 11 hours. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> holy crap. Oh, man. Um, I think it's 11 hours, at least. Don't quote me on that. But the, the take I wanted to give is I've seen a lot of people say it's like Royal Ravens doesn't fit anymore. But it's like they don't know the history of Charlotte. They think it's kind of like <laughs> stupid that uh, the Carolina Royal Ravens located in Charlotte now has a crown to still be royal. Like they changed the logo a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, dude, it, you've been to Charlotte. Yeah. It's like it is, we have the crown everywhere. It's the Queen City. And it's quite the literally, Queen yeah, City. it's everywhere. I it's, mean, everywhere you go, you see that crown. Because yeah, it's, it's like. That's what it is. Yeah, the, like the quick little lore for people that don't know anything about Charlotte. And I could rant about Charlotte all the time. I love this city. <laughs> I've been here for like 15 years. But it's uh, Queen, It's named after Queen Charlotte of Great Britain in Ireland, uh, or Scotland, whatever. Um, from like the family of Mecklenburg, which is a royal German family, and our county, the entire county of Charlotte is Mecklenburg yeah, County. Mecklenburg. Yeah, so it's like the whole city is based around that royalty. A lot of the teams in this area, like professional sports teams, they rep the crown. They like they call it the Queen City for a reason, you know. Yeah. And but going back to esports, we also have another team here. This is pretty cool. So we have another team here called the Charlotte Phoenix, and they're predominantly they were doing Rocket League. They had Apex for a little bit, but it seems like their most successful that they're like going all in on is iRacing. They have two professional drivers, and 
like they're competing at a very top level and it's really cool because we have the headquarters for nascar and racing here we have like multiple formula one teams based around here so it's pretty sick that this is all happening together and like one of the cool things man maybe you don't know this i don't know if i told you but for one of the preseason like halftime games for the nfl the carolina panthers it might have even been like one of the season like actual season games we had i racing racing happening during the halftime that's like crazy. on the big projectors they were in the center of the field that's correct on their whole setups like and we have tons and tons of colleges in carolina and we have tons of esports teams at each one of these colleges and club teams i think the cdl can really pop off here i really do yeah i mean i mean this they like i mean i grew up in south carolina i've lived here my whole life and it's like i feel like you know it was never like the carolinas there's not much i feel like especially growing up there wasn't too much rep like it kind of like a uh it wasn't too much of a reputation for the carolinas it's kind of just like oh we're just kind of another state on the east kind of thing but then you know like charlotte and it's like get to a point where like and i know you joke about all the time south carolina piggybacks on north carolina but it's kind of like oh it's it's true i mean you know it's true i mean you know like you know they're they're, like we get the best thing we got going for sports wise is probably college football and that's about it like maybe baseball too but like you know college baseball but it's it's all college football yeah college football and college basketball in the carolinas is religious yeah I like, mean, don't, it's, see, it's a religion. It's I mean, a you lifestyle. got. I mean, you guys had Duke, right? I mean, come on, <laughs> like Dude, college we basketball royalty. Duke, UNC, yeah. Wake Forest, like, uh, NC State, yeah. like ECU football is pretty good, bro. Yeah, we I got mean, tons of stuff. I mean, y'all, y'all got that lockdown over there too, so it's coming. Yeah, on. but it's like, I mean, from a professional standpoint, it's like I, I have to, I have to like go to North Carolina, and you know, there's the elitist that dog it, but like that's the closest thing I got, you know. <laughs> like no, no, I, I a, no. Like, I think you should be a Carolina Hurricanes fan, Carolina Panthers fan, as you are. You should yeah. be. Yeah. I'm just annoyed when I see South Carolina plates acting like you know how to drive in my city. And you <laughs> cut me off. You don't know where you're going. Your phone's hanging up. And all I'm doing is just screaming at the wheel. Get the out of my city. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. It's true, though. You you came to Charlotte. You drove in uptown. You were like, I don't know where to park, bro. And I was just like, you could have just texted me. Yeah, I would have like, told you. No idea. I'm not a city guy, you know? What can I say? Yeah. Not a city boy. I am. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, hopefully, it's... Uh... I, like, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think the whole, like, CDL coming to Charlotte, everything I think is cool. Kind of getting getting a little more gaming in the city. Um, Getting a little representation mm-hmm. for the Carolinas is always good. So I mean, I'm, I'm 100% in on it. And I think... uh. I'm just ready to see, you know, who who knows? Maybe maybe this team gets good. You know, it seems like it sounds like they weren't the best, so <laughs> maybe this team no, uh, they, turns around. Yeah, they failed to make the playoffs. I think, um, yeah, they just weren't competitive really the last year or so. the The problem with them right now is they don't even have a roster, so they got to figure that out. Yeah, and I, yeah, I I wonder how they're gonna do it. I hope they have some type of land center, dude. I would like to go. Yeah, like I've been, I've been to the Charlotte Phoenix's like land center and other setups. It's pretty sick. Yeah, there, I've, I'm kind of in touch with one of the guys to do, um, like he created Discord for locals, and I, if you're interested, I'll invite you to it. it for like people in the Carolinas and even Tennessee and Virginia, people close to the state that uh, want to do like lands, and they have Starcraft, CS:GO on the list, and like Halos on there, Call of Duty. I know they're cool. excited too. Be cool. Yes, sir. Yeah, sounds good. But yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for CDL stuff. I think uh, yeah. maybe maybe it'll give me a reason to watch, Mike. I don't know. 
Like as much as like the franchise that we can go on and on about how franchise leagues are trash, yeah, but I could, like I could rip that apart. But easily. like, but it's but... one of those things. Like you know, you root for the hometown team if you live here, kind of thing. So that's true. Uh, I mean, I gotta admit though, I'm. Do I say it? I say it. Whatever, I'll say it. I don't like the jerseys, man. I think mm. they're kind of tacky. Mm. Tough. Yeah. Kind of tacky, <laughs> but if they could do some hybrid, like alternative style, I might get it. I mean, this so. is the thing. You're in a new city. Take advantage yeah. of that of the tradition that's in Charlotte already of color scheme, of a rebrand, like oh. something like that. Give a little crown Black to the Royal Raven. And Come literally on, literally anything. Give, Black, give a crown anything. to this raven. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's Black actually... Man. They actually did that in their official Discord server. They Good. changed a lot of their emotes and have one of the guys... like it, It's a raven head, so you can see the head and uh, yeah. the image that you got. And it's like the outline, and then somebody put the Charlotte crown on top of the um, raven head. And I was like, that's actually pretty sick. Yeah. Like, pretty sick. Just give me that as a badge. You know? <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. We'll rebrand. You could like stick a... Get, get like a Panthers jersey or something, just catch it right there. <laughs> stand out from the crowd. I got a CMC jersey I might never wear again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just put that up here. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, I, I so, love that guy. I'll probably still wear it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff. I hope they do a rebrand. It seems like from what you're saying, too, especially it's uh, um, it's needed. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully we'll see Slow revitalization. Like, same yeah. thing, just a little reimagined, you know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I want to talk about reimagined? reimagined. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's go, dude. Oh, it's uh, it's interesting times, Mike. Let's just say that. It um, is. For those that aren't aware, we all know that uh, SAG, uh, Screen Actors Guild, right now is currently on strike. The writer strike is yep. going on, halting a bunch of movies and uh, TV shows. Hopefully, they get paid. You know, that's uh, kind of the whole thing, right? Is they want to make a fair wage, which is rightfully so. They make amazing content. I think it's deserved. Um. But uh, it seems like there's a vote now within Screen Actors Guild to try and uh, potentially strike video game actors as well. So I'm trying to include that. Um, strike authorization vote comes as a union bargains over wages and protections against AI. Uh, I actually pulled this uh, article from gamesindustry.biz, which I don't actually use a whole lot, but they have some very good stuff. So, um, and again, James, uh, James Bachelor, editor-in-chief, kind of wrote this one. Um, he said that... Uh, he said sag aftra i don't even know how to say the second part but i thought i said it right yeah um i think it's right sag aftra is calling on members to vote on whether or not the union should be given authority to declare a strike for video game actors and performers in addition to its strike against tv and film production companies the union is currently negotiating the terms of its interactive media agreement with a number of video game publishers developers and service firms the union is calling for fair wage increases uh, for sorry for wage increases and protection uh, against the uh, unrestricted use of artificial intelligence, among other things. If members vote to authorize the strike, it does not necessarily mean that strike action will take place. Instead, as SAG-AFTRA explains on its website, uh, it gives the union the option to initiate a strike if negotiations with video game companies fails to produce a deal that satisfies its members. SAG-AFTRA is currently preparing to bargain with 10 companies that handle voice, motion, and performance capture in video games. These companies include Activision Productions, Limelight, Disney Character Voices, Electronic Arts Productions, uh, Epic Games, Formosa Interactive, Insomniac Games, Take-Two Productions, VoiceWorks Productions, and WB Games. 
God, who didn't they go after? I gotta stop there for a second. That's a that's a that's a very broad stroke, you know. It's <laughs> a that's, lot of the industry. That's pretty much. I would say that's like ninety percent of the industry. I don't know who was left. <laughs> yeah, literally under some Crazy. sort of umbrella. Um. Yeah. Audrey Cooling, a spokesperson for the video game producers that were that are party to the interactive media agreement told games industry dub is quote we all want a fair contract that reflects the important contributions of sag after represented performers in an industry that delivers world-class entertainment to billions of players around the world we are negotiating in good faith and hope to reach a mutually beneficial deal as soon as possible the union is asking these companies to agree to the following terms ready for this mic start listing them off all right let's get it the same wage increases for video game performers as those in TV and film, 11% retroactive to the deal's expiration, a 4% in both the second and third years of the agreement. The union agrees these are necessary to account for inflation. Artificial intelligence protections around, con- around consent, control, transparency, and compensation. I think the artificial intelligence is kind of putting a linchpin in that because it's related to our next article of kind of like how... AI is yeah. going to time with all this and kind of an interesting thought I didn't have until I read this. Um, anyways, on camera performers to be given rest periods of five minutes per hour, same as off camera performers, set medics to be present where any stunts or hazardous work is performed, as is the case in TV and film, prohibitions against stunts on performers' self taped auditions, and protections against vocal stress. Uh, while many of these are similar issues to those discussed in the ongoing strike against TV and film production, SAG-AFTRA emphasized the interactive media agreement is a separate contract and will not have any impact on the other strike. Voting for eligible members will close at 5 p.m. PT on September 25th. The vote was unanimously approved by SAG-AFTRA's national board. Very interesting stuff, Mike. I don't know. So they seem reasonable. I don't think these are like outlandish or anything. Um, no, I I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think. How much do you know about the uh, the strike going on right now? I mean, I I don't know like the ins and outs and the details. I know it's been going on since beginning of May. So, and yes. we're now at the beginning of September. <laughs> so, um, there I I think I saw articles recently. They expect it could go as long as six months. Um, if you've looked at any of the SAG uh, strikes that have happened in the past, because this certainly isn't the first. I think it's like. Maybe the tenth or something. It's a, there's been a lot. There's a lot of. Um, them. They're basically pros at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think the longest one was six months in the past. Um, typically, when a strike does happen, it's like maybe a few months at most is kind of the average. Maybe two, three months. It's not ever really super long. Uh, however, this is kind of a this could set a record. <laughs> this one that's currently happening. Um, but it's something I didn't really, I didn't I notice it necessarily until I realized like maybe a month ago that I was like. You know, I haven't seen like Jimmy Fallon clips on YouTube in a while. Like, what's going on with that? Right. And then you go and see none of the late nights are taping, like none of the and yep. now we're hearing all these delays to like famous shows and stuff are gonna be happening. Um there's gonna be, you know, <laughs> it's like setting back like a year almost on some of these to try and uh get through production. So we're definitely gonna not only seeing the effects of it immediately, but also seeing how the effects are going to kind of accumulate. Um it seems like and I I'll be honest, I'm I'm not privy to kind of the results of the previous strikes, if they actually worked or not. I didn't look that far into it. Um, I mean, all I hope is that, you know, these people get what they're looking for because I think they deserve it. I mean, the thing about entertainment is like, it is very much, I think, 
because like there's some people that try to i feel like say entertainment isn't necessary but like it's just not true like you need oh, <laughs> entertainment like yeah. it's it's necessary in our society it's necessary to kind of like just keep like the general mood of the public i feel like <laughs> a lot it, of yeah lot better, it's, right? it's a it's a staple of a society's like culture that's why like american culture is a real thing because we have yeah. mostly we just export everything through our movies our television shows our video games I mean, right. that's our number one export is an American culture. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's 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 very much a necessary commodity, and I think um, yeah, I think if these people want to get paid. I think it's they have every right to want to get paid, and I think uh, you know, not only pay but just having like you know, just basic decency of like, hey, you know, let let your actors get a break as well. <laughs> like, I think that's no kidding, reasonable. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, and it's one of those things like. It's also to the argument of some people like like people wondering why like editors and post production crew don't get paid like around the same as like an actor or something like that. But it's yeah. like then you understand real fast they have nothing to edit if the actors don't act. <laughs> it's like it's like you know you got you think yeah. about it kind of like that. It's like they have nothing to. I mean, like all obviously like people off camera are very important. Um, but you know it's oh, kind of like yeah. one of those things you have to. It, like because people wonder why actors get paid so much i mean that's why right you don't have a film or like a video game or something if you don't have um people to play characters right so uh anyways another debate entirely but yeah this is something i kind of always thought of yeah i think like from the article they mentioned that art of so one of the things that they're trying to get the companies to agree to is artificial intelligence prote uh, protections around consent control transparency and compensation so that's one of the big things that i heard after the strike happened for the writers they the company started threatening to just use ai instead yeah. but the the truth of the matter is like ai is pretty good uh i've used it it's pretty good but the problem is like sometimes you can't get certain types of humor yeah you need actual humans to do that right yeah, it's kind of like it's an it's an art yeah. style, really. Right. I mean, there there's certain creativity that comes out of like human, you know, thinking, right? That you yeah. just that like especially yeah. artificial intelligence is nowhere close to mimicking. So, so yeah. So that's yeah. I think I think this is coming to the gaming space because of it, it's going to be way more prevalent for artificial intelligence to be in the gaming space than it would be for like film and industry and TV right. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, just because of the nature of what it is. It's right, like you're working yeah. on a computer. Where's the computer have on it? Oh, the AI. It lives in the computers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we even, we've covered some stuff about, you know, how, like, we, d developers are looking into artificial intelligence, like, suites, right? Oh. And they're looking to develop ways to kind of cut down on some of the more ancillary tasks, especially in yes. the art aspect of games, right? Um, yes. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, you know, I think it's and there's a, there's a weird debate that could be had there right of like you know oh you're probably getting rid of jobs if you do this but also it's like this is so like kind of remedial in a lot of this like and it's so kind of mind-numbing that it probably would be better if ai kind of was stepping yes. into some of the stuff because it gives it, more time for creativity right yeah ai should be a tool not a replacement then like yeah because yeah that's just what's gonna keep happening is like as technology progresses we need to keep using it otherwise you get left behind just that's just yeah. how innovation works yeah so yeah it's very true i mean it's it's good you know, I, I i don't know if i heard like a coworker say this or heard somebody say this but um it's kind of like the idea is that you know the better you get at learning how to use ai 
it's gonna be more beneficial in the future to towards like your personal growth but also like if you're trying to like advance your career <laughs> if it's like in technology yeah. anyway like you know if Definitely. you can if you can understand ai and learn how to use it you're gonna have an edge <laughs> without a doubt so um it's still beneficial i think to kind of learn about ai and learn about the technologies and let's see uh what can be done with it because um uh, it, it's I, I think humans could to a certain extent we'll be able to kind of grow with it and kind of use it um to our advantage so it's uh you know it gets crazy right because you get into like aspects of like language and it learns its own language it learns how to do stuff that you didn't know how to do and then it takes with the world and then it's cyber you know like it's, 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 it's it gets crazy you know it escalates quick i'm gonna say yeah <laughs> like so but i don't know i mean i'm gonna watch terminator later this uh later this weekend <laughs> Oh man. Um I mean I don't know, speaking of AI, I feel like we should just get into the next topic because it's kinda of related to that. That's right? exactly what I was gonna say. It's like this this would be the perfect segue is to just jump into the next article. So the next article is from Game Developer. Have we I think we covered Game Developer yeah, before? A few times. It yeah. could be Yeah. So this comes from Kit uh Chris Carr. Chris Kerr. Um could be pronounced both ways depending <laughs> on where you're from. So humble games may restrict AI usage in future publishing contracts. And this quote is, it will probably be part of the contractual process where developers have to state they are not using AI to pull data. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Interesting. So, Unpacking and Stray Gods, publisher Humble Games is wary of the potential legal issues poised by developers who choose to leverage generational AI tools like ChatGPT during uh, production. Speaking to game developer at Gamescom 2023, Humble EVP and general manager, uh, is it executive vice president? Yeah, that's, that's, what that's that probably yeah. yeah. Executive vice president and general manager Alan Patmore said the publisher is proactively setting up processes and procedures so it doesn't get into a situation where it encounters copyright issues and other legal challenges because of AI usage. Patmore explained the company hasn't received pitches where the use of AI has been an issue but feels it's prudent to be proactive rather than reactive. That's actually a good idea. Yeah. I've used AI a couple of times, and it's just straight-up plagiarized stuff from the internet. <laughs> so you, you got to be careful, yeah. Um, it will probably be part of the contractual process where developers have to state they are not using AI to pull data and create assets, said Patmore. Patmore continues, I think part of it is looking at how we evaluate the tool set developers are using so that we don't get into a situation where a tool has pulled data and all of a sudden there's a bunch of assets that a developer doesn't have the rights to use in their game from a development perspective it's about putting processes in place to prove ownership that's actually a really good point i never thought about it that way no if you like at ask chat gpt to write code for you and it rips code from a different game because it's connected to the internet and just finds code online. They're just like this. And they like study the internet to figure out what things work. And that's how they learned it. It's kind of like plagiarism because code is kind of just a language on how to work things. Right. It's not, it's not like the law of thermodynamics where you can't change it or like physics <laughs> or yeah. anything in math. Right. Yeah. So I think you could probably speak more to that than I could because I'm not a coder and I don't do anything in that level. Yeah. You're more of like that always got to keep learning technology field. Yeah. I mean, no, it's true. I mean, especially in the world of software, there's typically, unless it's something really weird, there's always more than one way to do things, right? 
there's always one mm-hmm. more than one way to solve a problem. Um, exactly. Yeah. Kind of approach a problem. So, yeah, I could certainly say. I mean, yeah, but you know, in the physical world, right? I mean, there's hard s- stuck like definites, right? And that you can uh, can alter. So, um, yeah, yeah, gravity it's a, is real. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah, it's it's. I mean, let's think about programming. It's it's not an exact science. I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, um, there's definitely different ways to approach it. But yeah, I mean, every language is like any other language, right? You gotta learn, you gotta learn how it works. You gotta learn the syntax. You gotta learn it. So, yeah, just so, keep going. Yeah. So there's only a few more paragraphs in this article. Let's just go ahead and finish it up. So AI and ownership. Speaking more broadly about the use of AI in game development, Pat Moore drew a distinction between gener- generative systems such as ChatGPT, which were trained using data yanked from the internet, leading to concerns over who owns the outputs they produce, and AI-powered tools baked into engines like Unreal Engine 5. That's actually pretty cool, to be yeah. honest. I didn't know Unreal Engine 5 was using an AI, and you could probably do that for like auto-generated assets that have already been designed by a creator, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Pat Moore goes on to say, I look at AI as we're in the wild west days and figuring out what it can unlock. I think there's a lot of power from a content creation standpoint, but we're going to have to sort through the modality issues. Uh, that's a weird word. Yeah. I think, I think it's right. But yeah. Uh, Yeah, he added, for Patmore, AI tools that enable unique content creation aren't a problem, but others that raise questions about ownership should be viewed with skepticism. During Gamescom, Patmore also outlined how Humble Games intends to expand into first-party development and indicated that studio acquisitions might be on the cards. For more on that, be sure to read our... Okay, so that's just a plug for (laughs) game developer. They got me. Chris Carr got me. Um... Yeah, I think it's only natural that AI is going to be coming along and making jobs easier, which is really cool. And what we just mentioned in the last article about how it needs to be a tool, mm-hmm. that whole ripping things from the internet and then pushing out outputs, like, yeah, that could definitely be a copyright issue. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can just train ChatGPT or any other AI to understand copyright issues and having a clear definition of copyright so that they'll never do that themselves yeah which ideally right yeah i mean you should be able to like you'd have the ai learn copyright law <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of yeah, understand like, that um, like theoretically yeah yeah i mean yeah it's certainly uh certainly possible so yeah i mean i think that would have to be something to consider if you're developing ai tools or you want to use ai of any sort um but yeah it's it's uh it gets interesting around like games and stuff though right obviously you want to avoid like you know plagiarism and copyright infringement so it's a interesting challenge but yeah it's something that will have to be in consideration especially if you're going to use any sort of ai but yeah i mean i can respect humble for kind of standing their ground here just saying like saying like you know until we kind of until it's more kind of established and we (laughs) can be certain that it's you know gonna assist in creating original ideas and original content then it's um it's hard for us to kind of move forward with it right now true very true well, I, I have really nothing else to add because that was two articles back to back about AI goods and bads about it. Very true. Be careful with AI. But uh, you're a Starfield lover, you know. Yeah. Returning God. back to the uh, the original article or <laughs> the original segment at the beginning I know. of the pod. I know that's the thing. I kind of gave my uh, 
I gave you already gave your opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think my review is kind of out there, but um, but yeah, I mean, I there were so many articles this week that I saw on Starfield. I feel like it's only right to include something. Um, this was kind of a uh, this was an interesting idea, kind of looking into the future of Bethesda. Um, kind of how they yeah. where they could probably take your studio next because I mean, no, rightfully so, I think. And a lot of people were kind of like, there's probably some people that would scoff at the idea of like, why are we thinking about the future of Bethesda when this just came out and this is like their pride and joy for the last like what ten years, um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, which is a fair point. But anyways, uh, I pulled this article from IGN, um, and uh, Ryan McCaffrey, um, is the one that wrote this. I <laughs> know, not related to Christian McCaffrey, I'm sure, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, Starfield is the present and future of Bethesda Game Studios at least for a little while. Um, fortunately, there's a whole universe out there to explore. Uh, after years of waiting, Starfield has finally arrived. Um, Brian recently called it the most uh, important launch of Xbox since at least Halo 5. You know, I, I could agree with that, you know, I, I have to say. Uh, Xbox hasn't been hit too hard with the releases, uh, the original uh, releases, so yeah, that's probably fair. Um, and now it's here and uh, on your Xbox console or PC. And hopefully you've enjoyed it. But being the previews... Um, but, you know, Ryan being the previous lead at IGN, uh, it's his job to live in the future <laughs> and kind of see, uh, looking ahead, what the next big thing is. And the next big thing for Bethesda Game Studios isn't Elder Scrolls Six, at least not for a while. The next big thing for Todd Howard and his team is still going to be Starfield. And uh, and I think he, he even mentioned that. Anyways, we'll get into the article, but I'm sure there's probably some stuff there. Uh, naturally, the bulk of Bethesda Game Studios will move on to Elder Scrolls Six. In fact, we know that with Starfield shipped, the follow-up to Skyrim, uh, has completed pre-production and moved into full production. Uh, but for us, the players of Bethesda's expansive games, Starfield will remain our focus for quite a long time. And, like, a long time. Uh, and there's a couple reasons for that. And this is kind of where... It, I, I had heard some stuff about this, and so when I saw this article, I was like, well, this would be a good thing to talk about. Um, first, not only is Starfield a gigantic game by any metric, offering hundreds of hours of role-playing adventure, including a high degree of replayability in which you can make different choices both for your character and out in the universe, but it's also going to be supported by Bethesda for years, not months to come. BGS has walked the walk on that uh, with previous RPGs. Uh, we're going to get patches, content updates, DLC, and full-blown expansions for Starfield, uh, further fleshing out and polishing worlds uh, the team has built. Um, and I also, just pause real quick, I did a little poll. They had a little poll on this uh, article saying, uh, where were you playing Starfield? I said PC. And out of 10,000 people, 81% are playing on PC. So <laughs> pretty big sample yeah. size. And yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, I feel like if you get this game, PC's the ideal platform. That's my opinion. Um, and second, the fact that this modern AAA games, the fact that modern AAA games take a very, very long time to build. Uh, despite the advancement in tools available to developers, project durations are, by and large, getting longer, not shorter. Uh, sure, The Elder Scrolls Six may have been announced back in 2018, but for a single line of code, before a single line of code had been laid down, uh, but it's going to take many years to get it done. Starfield took eight years, and while Todd Howard told me back in June that he hopes uh, Elder Scrolls Six doesn't take that long, the most logical prediction is that it is going to be a five-year dev cycle. That might mean Starfield is the only BGS release we get in the Series X generation. The That's Elder Scrolls, a crazy way to look at it. It's right, like because <laughs> I was thinking about that too. Yeah. It's like with these, with how long these cycles are. I mean, it's taking these big giant RPGs an entire console life cycle <laughs> to make, right? Um, Never really thought about that way, but yeah, 
I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's wild. I, you know, we talked we talked about it before how the scale of games is getting so large to the point where it's like taking like half a decade to make, right? Um, True. And I mean, look, I'm all for good games, and it's, if there's replay, and I think devs are gonna have to focus more on trying to create replayability, um, but mm-hmm. so they can last between these long dev cycles, right? That's kind of something you have to consider. I feel like more than ever with these games. Um, the Elder Scrolls Six is likely to target the next generation Xbox. That's likely arriving around 2028 instead perhaps even as a day one launch game as oblivion was intended to be for the 360 before it ended up shipping four months into the console's life cycle and then yeah i mean just i mean just that alone is like crazy to think about it's like these games are so big now taking forever to make and it's getting between life cycles now and i mean think about starfield it's like there's i think i saw like metrics somewhere saying that it was like there was like over two million downloads or something this past week of starfield across steam and xbox and, and on top of that, Holy peak crap. player count at a time, I think it was like in the 200,000s on just Steam alone, I'm pretty sure. It's like, it's crazy. Um, yeah, the it, game's, It's insanely popular right now. Yeah, it's very popular. Um, and, you know, it, more... And I, like, I, for one, I hope they release more content for Starfield. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting to see. Does it necessarily mean more content? I mean, I feel like I've only scratched the surface at 30 hours, <laughs> so um, there's certainly more for me to play. Um, but you know, there's people that already have 100, 200 plus hours. So, you know, it's, uh, just kind of what it is, but, um, it's, uh, it, it should be interesting to see, I think kind of how they, uh, and I, I think Bethesda is going to stick with Starfield for maybe even until kind of Elder Scrolls six comes out, they're going to have, you know, rolling content and, you know, bug fixes and whatnot. So curious to see what this yeah. game will become, but I think a Starfield two sounds like it ain't going to happen for at least 15 years <laughs> yeah, i was about Especially. to say i was like bro it's gonna oh. take forever unless like, yeah. ai can do like half the work for him yeah i'm gonna be in my 40s it's gonna be lit you understand mike <laughs> sheesh <laughs> oh it's gonna be lit. why are you bringing that why are you bringing up age bro let's <laughs> <laughs> say dude i'm gonna be I'm gonna be chilling, dude. I'm gonna be chilling in the Nurse Gnome playing Starfield Five. You understand? <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's crazy. That's a fact. You know, dude. I can't full blown immersive VR, dude. <laughs> Giant room. In the nurse, oh, just plug me up like the dude. Matrix, dude. I don't know. At that point, Neuralink's gonna be Neuralink Five. We're all gonna be just won't need any peripherals. Just think, and it does it. Yeah. Speaking of that, like. With these game development cycles lasting five years, that's becoming more and more common. But one of the things that I haven't seen yet is like the hardware we mentioned a couple of times, but like the hardware has progressed so far. Like all the GPUs are pretty far ahead, all the CPUs are pretty far ahead that they can play pretty much anything. Like if you get the most like the brand new stuff right now, you can pretty much do 4K gaming now. And yeah. past that, there's not really much else. You know, it's like, yeah, you can do. 8k and then all of a sudden it's like instead of getting monitors you need to get lasik because your eyes aren't good enough to look at the game <laughs> you know it's seeding um, human uh human features. yeah i think the hardware right now has already exceeded the capability of the devs to produce a game that can handle it yeah we mentioned that a couple of times yeah, yeah. um i agree so i i don't know where this really goes from here in terms of game development cycles i think they're only going to get longer because you gotta optimize the game to be to yeah. keep up with the hardware, and that's that seems to be the bottleneck, you know? Right. It does, man. It really does. It's um 
Corey. I mean, we're at an interesting time for development. And uh, what uh, what I think is nice though is we're finally starting to see kind of the up the upswing, um, in you know good games coming out, which is good. I think this is kind of like the start of that. Unreal Engine oh, Five. Yeah. Who knows? You know where that's gonna where that'll end up going. Kind of how that progress. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be an interesting couple of years. I mean, there was an article I pulled. I mean, we didn't use it for the show, but I pulled to kind of... It was another one, which we had covered I, a similar topic months back, but essentially saying that 2023 was already, like, insane compared to like, previous years in terms of releases. Oh, easily. But we've been, um, we've been waiting on that for a while now, right? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. We were talking about that um, during the lockdown about, like, all the games got pushed back, all the, yeah. all the award, like, conventions, the conferences all got pushed back, and every it seemed like every major release was getting pushed out by at least six months yeah so yeah. now they're all starting to come out and it's like one hit after another it's like let's go dude every, it's been it's been straight fire since we got elden ring yeah no, it's been just real. bop 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 oh, dude it's like uh, dude, like i i was almost forgetting that harry potter came out this year <laughs> like hogwarts yeah. legacy like that yeah. that game and that was that a was hit too it was good yeah, yeah. I mean, that was really good um yeah, I mean that game was good. I mean, do Tears of the Kingdom? I mean, come on, like, <laughs> like I'm about like miss. fifteen minutes into it, and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't miss. Um, that game is fantastic. Uh, Baldur's Gate three, reportedly fantastic. Yeah. Um, arguably game of the year right there. Um, dude, and there's know, so many coming out just this month alone that are. Gonna be so, dude, I, we're gonna I, get to pretty soon here. You know, I I thought about it, Mike. I, the more I think about it, the more I may actually do this. <laughs> dude, I'm probably gonna hate myself, but like, dude. I, considering the new update for Cyberpunk, I might do a fresh run. I was like thinking about it. I was like, dude, fresh like, run? dude, if these changes really are what they're saying, dude, it could be a different dude, how experience. Are gonna have, how are you going to have time? Uh, I don't know. That's all I'm saying. All right, we're going to, okay, with. so officially announced we're postponing the pod um, <laughs> at the release of Cyberpunk later this month. We're uh, just going to turn everything off for about two weeks and we'll dude. be back with a yeah. special. Gamescom yeah. will come around for Gamescom review and that's it. I know. It's like, <laughs> dude, because really, like, look, I enjoyed the game at launch, but it just wasn't what it could have been. And now with these updates and stuff, it's like the idea that it could be what they were at least close to what they were looking for at launch has me excited. So it's like, you know, and I, I, I want to take different routes anyway. I might just build a new character and just go down that road and kind of see kind of how the systems have progressed over. I mean, because you got to think it's been just almost what three years, <laughs> like yeah. something like that, like. <laughs> end of 2020 so it's still really good dude and they're also putting out another update i think it might have even came out already to fix that game yeah 2.0 we're getting we're getting distracted at this point do we have anything else to add about starfield because you talked about it earlier at the beginning of the pod oh man this thing if you made if you made it this far just go listen to it again if you really want to hear my thoughts (laughs) because i I don't know i think it's a good game i think it's a very very solid bethesda rpg and i'm just glad it was good it's like I just like I'm just like I played it, beat it, and now I'm just like I want to keep going, and I'm just happy that we have a solid Bethesda RPG that's different. True. I I just I I think the fact I mean they went new IPs first IP in over 25 years something like that. I mean, and I think they nailed it. So um, it's uh, it's exciting to see that. Assessment. It's exciting to see that Bethesda still has it, and if they take their time and they kind of really go for it, that they could still make a great game. So it gets me excited yeah. for the future. So. True. I, I want to add some final thoughts on it. And I think from a triple A developer perspective and all the ones that we've had outside of Nintendo, because they pretty much don't miss anytime they launch a new game. I can't think 
of a AAA studio that's launched a game that's been this successful at launch. In a, like in a, in a while. Yeah. A while being like a couple of years now. I think most of them have been just total explosions. Just trash. I mean, yeah. Yeah, most of them. I mean, yeah, I mean, at least outside of Nintendo. Because, you know, obviously the first thing, like, oh, Zelda's pretty good. <laughs> but, like, that's no, Nintendo. Yeah. Um, I think I think you would have to go to the PlayStation perspective. You have to go run their IPs. Yeah. Like, God sure. of War Ragnarok was a total hit. Yeah, I mean, did, I still can't believe how polished I heard it was. I mean, I heard, like, most people just weren't even, like, hardly experiencing bugs at all. Because they just had yeah. that universe locked down. So it's like, um, yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, a lot of those assets probably recycled, but I mean, that's still fine. I mean, you're making a good game. Um, so, I mean, there's that. I, I'm curious to see Spider-Man 2, because that comes out in, what, a month? Yeah. I'm curious to see how that's going to yeah. do. Um, I'm excited for PlayStation fans on that one, because I think that'll be a good, solid release. And that's something, you know, I might just have to wait for the PC release, you know? Hey, or maybe if PS5 Pro comes out, I may consider, but it's, uh, I feel like it's getting harder and harder for me to, like, want a PS5. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, they keep coming out. They're gonna just come out on PlayStation or uh, PC later. Right. There are yeah. a couple of games that, if we're done talking about Starfield, we can go ahead and move into video game releases. I think yeah. I think let's do it, dude. We got a lot coming out this month. Yes, we do. Um, I'm only gonna hit. I think I'm like 12 is on my list right now. Yeah. So, this is the usual thing that we do. Try to do at the beginning of every month is just to do the games that are releasing this month. Give people that refresher to check out. So. This is going to go from the beginning of the month to the end of the month. And there's some heavy hitters in here that are pretty sick. So starting off with Bomb Rush Cyber Funk. It's on PS4, 5, Xbox One, X, S. I think it's, a, if I remember correctly, it's like an indie dev release. That came out September 1st. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, big heavy hitter. That came out on PC in August, August 3rd. So it's finally coming to PlayStation 5. So for all the people that are on the PlayStation 5 that you just talk trash about <laughs> not them but the playstation 5 uh that's available by the time you listen to this it's all it's all right now same goes for starfield that is not on the playstation that's only xbox x and s and pc game pass go check it out uh some sports coming two different sports games you got nba 2k24 that's september 8th that's on pretty much every platform you can think of playstation 4 xbox playstation 5 switch pc whatever the other sport game about the same exact situation on all platforms except for the switch this time is the crew motor fest kind of like forza horizon if you're into those games go check it out september 14th another heavy hitter that we haven't really mentioned in a while we got like three in a row here okay maybe shoot four now that i'm looking at my list you got liza p which is a pinocchio game that is PC, PS4, Xbox One, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, September 19th. The same day, you have Mortal Kombat 1 on the same platforms, except for no Xbox One and no PS4, so the new-gen games. Um, but it is on a Switch. That's September 19th. Wait, then you got Witchfire, dude. That's on PC. That's September 20th. And then an oldie but a goodie, right? Payday 3. Oh, PC, dude. PS5, Xbox Series X and S, that's September 21st. And then what we were just talking about, dude, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, DLC, that's PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, September 26th. Another one on September 26th is Harvest Moon, The Winds of Anthos. That's PC, PS4, Xbox One, X, uh, Xbox Series X and S, PS5, Switch, 
September 26th. Um, Harvest Moon, if I remember correctly, we were excited about that one, weren't we? I think we saw a couple of trailers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I gotta, so. I gotta actually... I might have to... Might have to search that one real yeah, quick. Yeah, I'm sure I've added that to like my my list, my uh my wish list. I can't remember. There was something about it where I was like, this doesn't look half bad. Damn. Um, um kinda looks like a kid game to be honest. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why I remember it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It basically it it looks like a Harvest Moon game. <laughs> <laughs> like well, that's like an every one. everyone kind of game. Yeah. Uh yeah, basically a three D version. Harvest Moon, top down, like third person point of view. Um, then you got to finish it off is the new EA Sports Football Club game coming out 2024, all platforms. And that is September 29th to close out everything. Um, that's going to be interesting. We'll see how that actually plays out with uh, FIFA <laughs> and how it's not a FIFA game anymore, oh, but no. it is a FIFA game. So oh, that's weird. Yeah, man. But that's all I got for the list. Those are the heavy hitters. And I feel like this has been the first month in a while where we've had so many at once. Yeah, dude, it's the start of fall. Like, you know. Yep, here it start comes. Of that video game season, man. Yes, sir. Oh, man. These are changing. Games are coming out. Sport ball is yep. happening, you know. It's crazy, man. Sports ball. It's going to be <laughs> sick. We're it's so ready. Winter jerseys, bro. Good to go. So ready, baby. So ready. Yes, sir, dude. As I'm sure people Speaking. listening are, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who Ready knows? To, uh, Probably just out. waiting for the new CL, CL um, what, the COD League to start back up and HCS yeah. to have World soon. And Valorant, I think, has a tournament coming up. CSGO. CS2, bro, is coming out. I think it might actually be out. Uh, I have maybe. no I idea. Know. I'll be honest. I really, it's supposed to come out in the summer. Really and, you know. Yeah. It's been looking good, though, man. Been looking good. Yeah, for sure. But, that's that's all I got, man. That's all I got too, dude. That's all I got to report to people. It's almost an hour and a half, dude. <laughs> it is. It is. We got a little bit distracted on the Starfield stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the handhelds. But that's okay. We've just been we've been ranting. That's why we have timestamps in the description for anybody that makes it to the end. We also have links in the description. You can go check those out. We also like the original links, the ones that you cover, the one that you see on Spotify or YouTube. Shout out to those guys. Um, like, subscribe. Do the whole thing. You guys know what to do. And check out social media. Maybe Twitter. We got a Discord. Come in there. Yell at us. Whatever you want. Do it. Yell at me. Yeah. Punch did me. I, did, I forget, <laughs> did I forget anything else? I think we just hit all the usuals. Yeah, no. no I think it's it, dude. I think it's I think it all does right. it. All right, sick, man. Let's let them go. This has been the M2 Podcast. This is episode 35. We've been hitting every week consistently for 35 weeks. Somehow we've been doing it. Um, we appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate you for subscribing, liking, being interactive. It's really sick. But without further ado, I'm Michael Lanty, Kyle Heath. We're going to let you go. Have a good one. Peace out. Peace.